All right. Well, y'all are in for a treat. So very lucky uh, to go back to back with Matt Desiderio and now Dan Kinnam. Uh, Dan from VHS HitFest, thanks so much for joining. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, man, it's uh, this is a pleasure. It's, you know, it's so interesting to me, as I was telling you, kind of right before we started, I've, I've been digging into VHS culture a little bit more in the last few weeks or right before speaking to Matt and now the deeper dive talking to you. And like, I love how it, it feels like the world is is so tightly connected. Right. Mm-hmm. Like even a few months, six months ago, maybe now I spoke with Lewis Justin over at Massacre and I saw him in Adjust Your Tracking when I was watching that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool. So are, are you all, all basically friends outside of the, the individual labels you run? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I still talk to I was just in New York City with Matt and like hung out with him and Earl. He's in the documentary and he does a lot of the like artwork for Vinegar Syndrome and stuff like that. Yeah. So we still all talk. The some guy still who, collect tapes, some don't, but we still all talk here and there. That's awesome. The guy who paid uh, 600 bucks for uh, Tales from the Quad Dead Zone, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's him. It's <laughs> a great part of the movie. Um, well, I'm, I'm talking as if everybody, you know, so so just by way of introduction. So, Dan, you've been running VHS Hit Fest uh, since 2010, 2011-ish? Did I get yep, that right? 2010. Yep. 2010. Okay, great. And it started as uh, kind of an outpouring of your love for collecting uh, and, and just natural outpouring of wanting to find ways for other people to kind of get informed in this community around uh, with a time with strictly VHS, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. At the time, uh, my friend, Tim, who I started it with in his dorm room, all he had was a VCR. Uh-huh. So kind of just bloomed from there. So that's great. Uh, and, and then right. So then right around, uh, that time, Facebook was, was kind of in its prime, uh, as far as for this kind of, for hobbyists, I guess, Facebook was really in its prime, right. A very easy way to find people. And so Facebook is kind of a story, part of your story early on. I know as far as kind of how you got out there, uh, what was your vision for this, uh, when it first started, if you don't mind me asking, uh, before we get to what it is today. Well, I, I guess I wanted to just try and find as many like weird and interesting movies as I could. And I knew, I think the first one that really hit me was Birds 2, which Vinegar Syndrome <laughs> put out coincidentally. Yeah. Um, I knew that that movie would probably never make it to DVD or anything at the time. And I had never even heard of it. So yeah. I was like, what, what is this? A sequel to Hitchcock's Birds? So I bought that and it was terrible. I hated it. And I was like, hmm. I think I called the, it was in a zine that uh, a friend of mine ran. And I think I titled it something shit fest. Uh-huh. And then it all like came from there. Then like I mentioned, my friend was in his dorm room and all he had was a VCR. And there was like a video store in our college town and they only had VHS. So we would go there every day and just buy up tapes. And we decided to start, it was a Tumblr because Tumblr was popular at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So we just started writing reviews for these movies and like to kind of differentiate us from like other things. We were only going to review movies on VHS, never DVD. And uh, we did it for years and years. And I think within that first year, so much happened because we started making videos. Yeah. And then we were like, well, we should release these movies. So then we did a couple of releases at the time or early on. It was just limited VHS and DVD releases, no Blu-ray or anything. Uh-huh. And through doing those YouTube videos, 
then we kind of moved into adjuster tracking. So we started in like the summer of 2010. And by December 2011, we were already working on the documentary, Adjuster Tracking. Amazing. Well, there's obviously a huge demand for that. I mean, that's kind of what the documentary gets into. Um, Birds 2 is an is a Alan Smithy film, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I think it's Rick Rosenthal. Is that right? Yeah, um, it is. But it was, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, what, a, what a cool start. Um, and leading up to that, had you always been into kind of more of the fringe horror and the regional filmmaking? What, was this something that was kind of, you know, that you discovered in college or is this something you were into before? I was into it before. There's, um, there was two local film festivals in our town. One was the Erie Horror Fest okay. and the other was the Great Lakes Film Festival. And um, starting in sixth grade, um, I would go to those festivals and see tons of interesting movies because they would show old movies. Um, I remember seeing Attack of the Beast Creatures there. That's one of my favorites. Awesome. But um, they would show independent movies too. And at that time in sixth grade, I started collecting DVDs because my family already had gotten rid of VHS. I, I always went to video stores and watched different movies. And yeah. my dad was into movies too. Um, but there were some stores locally that sold DVDs. So I got big into collecting those. And then, I mean, I just, I started with somewhat normal movies, I guess you could say. But then once I saw a lot of stuff, that's when I wanted to go a little deeper. <laughs> that I'm still going deeper, like it never ends. <laughs> well, yeah, especially from the VHS era. Um, oh, yeah. So, so you, okay, so uh, that's a perfect background. Thank you. Because this is one of the things I wanted to ask about. And I do want to spend a lot of time on the label, but just as far as getting to know you. So uh, you, it, as, I, as I was reading a little bit about you, it seems like there's this interesting kind of dichotomy where you love regional shot on video films. You love the, the novelty of the VHS, the, the, the limited releases, right? The collecting aspect of it. And, and certainly the movie, your love of the movies comes through as well. But at the same time, you're comfortable watching a Boone Well film while you're comfortable mm -hmm. watching and you, and you kind of, you seek out the Criterion films and the, and the Arrow video. Like you seek out the more artistic uh, side of the film as well, right? Yeah, I'm huge into Criterion. I've always, right in sixth grade, I was like that sixth and seventh grade, I got big into Criterion. I remember renting a discreet charm uh, from the library. And I also remember my friend, he had um, a birthday party and we all watched Salo. No at it. Like <laughs> me and him, that was somewhat normal because we were both into like foreign in and like, oh yeah, sixth grade. We were <laughs> going into seventh grade. His birthday is in oh, July. Uh, and but we had like four friends over that weren't into that. They still will like mention that that might be the first foreign movie that they ever saw oh at the time, too. So I was like the forget. age of the kids in the movie, I think. Right. Oh, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Probably changed their life. <laughs> <laughs> that's I guess that's the point of art, right? <laughs> might as well mm -hmm. just dive into it. That's amazing. That scene in the street charm of the bourgeoisie, that scene where they unveil the, the curtain at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. and just like that was one of these like fundamental moments for me in film like in, in learning to love movies where oh. they kind of like broke the wall and i was like wow boonwell is so good uh yeah. that obscure object of desire that's yeah just top of that's such a good fucking movie 
That's awesome. And the, this is the thing that I think I was speaking with uh, recently, Ross, over at Saturn's Core, and then I was speaking a little bit about this with Matt. And I'd love to hear a take on this as well, because like, I think that's a misconception around shot on video film making, right? Mm-hmm. Is that somehow it's a, it's like a lesser art. And, and like, this is the thing that I wanted to bring up because I just saw Corn Shucker. So to bring it right back into what you're doing now, like, I think you saw my Instagram. I think you commented on my Instagram post. I don't know if you run the social, but like I, people have to see that movie. Like, I think that will fundamentally redefine the way people look at shot on video filmmaking. Like there is a lot of art going on in that world. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, one of the good things about that is his whole budget went into getting a cinematographer too. So like he actually had somebody who was able to like pull off a lot of the more like artsy type of shots and, He's a unique uh, person for sure. So yeah. he was definitely on that like David Lynch, more like artsy side of it, which I, I love that. And then I love the other side of shot on video too, which is just, you know, trash, like backyard, like homemade type of movies. Cause those are always interesting too. Dif- different reasons are still, they're both highly entertaining, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, I just, yeah. Like I've been watching a little bit of Donald Farmer recently and uh I, I, like I've, I've been getting a little bit more into this world um and there's like there, there's always something to pull from it but i just thought coming from the background of like so i'm a i'm a recovering sort of elitist right like i came into movies through i never went to film school but like i worked in a video store and they were all in film school and they were like no you have to check out this you know bergman or you have to check out this like Blinwell or whatever like godard right and I, and i still like that stuff for sure but I discovered like Italian genre cinema, which kind of spiraled me into like lower budget filmmaking. And then some of the Japanese horror that was coming out that was so off the wall, batshit. And like, I loved it. And then kind of spiraled down into like, or I don't know if spiral is the right word, but like just kind of kept branching out right into these different now, like regional filmmaking. I'm kind of, I'm getting into now and I start, I'm coming at it from this level or, or that perspective. And I just am constantly surprised that it's the, the misconceptions that I had about regional filmmaking and SOV and all these things. I'm loving these movies for the most part. I mean, of course there's bad movies in, in any budget, but like there's some really good stuff content in here. Mm-hmm. I agree. I feel like if you love movies, then you want to see as many as you can. And that's kind of what we wanted to do with the label is like, there's so much stuff that's almost lost and so much that's deep down that no one would ever like find or discover. So we wanted to kind of, bring up some of our favorites from basically obscurity yeah i love that and so but let, let's go back a little bit so so you were doing uh obviously ocn is doing a great job of getting physical releases out into collectors hands right i don't know exactly what their mission is but it feels like the people that are buying from ocn majority are collectors right mm-hmm. so how was that decision to kind of partner with them was it like did you know those folks anyways was it natural was that an intentional decision uh, well, we had stuff licensed and I was like, Corn Shucker, for example, we had that licensed for like five years okay. and I had shot the like special features before COVID. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, I wanted to do like a Vinegar Syndrome level release just because that's what I collect and like, but I couldn't like figure out what companies to go with to print it and like who to do the slip covers and stuff. So I was just like dragging my feet with it uh-huh. and earl uh kess um who does a lot of the art for them he was the one who was basically like you guys would be good at like vinegar syndrome you should like talk to this guy 
and he gave me um justin la liberty um right. who runs ocn he gave me his email and then we started talking and he's like yeah you got i already had stuff licensed and i actually think corn chucker might have been something that uh brad henderson who also has works for vinegar syndrome i think he like wanted to license that movie years ago or was like looking for it or something so it ended up being like a perfect thing because we already had it so it just worked out that way and then we were able to partner up and that was like a dream come true basically because like i mentioned that's one of the main companies i love and collect um and they do the nicest releases i, I wanted to like to just have that level of like slip cover with the releases uh, that we yeah. did. So it was perfect. <laughs> Slight detour. So you're pro slip cover. Cause I know people are, there's like, a, you know, there's two sides of that, right? Oh yeah. I'm pro- well, like I don't absolutely have to have a slip cover. <laughs> um, but if it one was available, I want that version mm-hmm. of it. Like mm-hmm. if a company's releasing something and it doesn't come with one, I'll still buy it. I know like, some of my friends won't even like buy a Blu-ray, like if it doesn't come with a slip cover, which is <laughs> right. a little uh, much, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's, I mean, this is the beauty of, you know, the, I, I, I don't know if this is true, but in my mind, it's the Bill Lustig school of, of putting out physical media. Cause it, he talks, there's an interview I heard him where he talked about 42nd street and like the, the chip that he learned from working on 42nd street. I hope I'm getting that right in New York city whereas like basically porno theaters right and so he had the, the way you marketed the movie mattered because you're trying to draw the audience in and so it would be these like big bombastic titles and catchphrases and and artwork and like that's what sold the movie because you didn't have it you know like it's, it's a porno like you know like you know i guess but like he learned all these tricks in marketing and that's the thing i love so much about vinegar syndrome is like i am a big huge collector of theirs i don't know I'm certainly not complete, maybe a third of their releases or something, but I love them. And that's, I, I love the spirit of that. I feel like that's embedded in everything they do is like beautiful slip cover, amazing special features, deep dive into the films. And it almost, the film almost in a, in a weird way becomes secondary because you're getting this like, this like chunk of history and like, you, I don't know, you're like buying into the preservation and everything around it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like video stores where you couldn't just go on your phone and look up a review like the artwork had to like (laughs) sell you on it. I like a lot of times I'll just look at the Vinegar Syndrome website and see like the cover and read the little plot or like Justin will do like on some of the groups on Facebook. He'll write like a little detailed description of it, like hyping the movies up and like I don't even need to look any further. I just will order it. And that's kind of it's refreshing a little bit because that's how it like used to be. But when I'm on Netflix, I'm looking up on letterbox, like ratings of everything. Like, (laughs) so it's anytime I'm streaming stuff, I want to know if the movie I'm about to watch is good, but with vinegar syndrome, it's like just fun to get like a blind buy. I like to go into movies just completely blind when I'm buying a different and like the stuff sells out. So if you don't like the movie, you can just resell it. Like, yeah. So it doesn't really matter in that case. It makes it fun. Totally. Well, you know, there's this big uh, concern if if you're like a level of like an arrow video or vinegar syndrome of like being able to have like finite releases of titles. I mean, it's not totally true, but, you know, there's this kind of thing about like, you know, we're ever going to run out of releases. One thing I'm always intrigued at with what you're doing is that if you're really focusing on like the VHS era, like, I mean, you will literally never run out of potential Mm -hmm. titles to pull from, right? Oh, it's endless. There's, we have a certain number of stuff licensed and it's like goes until like a certain year. Uh And there's 
things I want to license, but I don't want to like offend the directors or anything because I don't want to be like, we wouldn't put it out until like 2025, for example. <laughs> so like, I'm kind of like have to slow down on that. But like you said, it's just an infinite number. There's, there's so much bad uh, VHS only or like almost lost movies, but there are so many good ones that I want to, you know, release and shine a light on. So uh, I don't think I'll ever run out. That's amazing. That's why there's really no competition to like, there can be a hundred partner labels. I feel like doing the, basically the exact same thing and they'll never run out of movies. There's so much to pull from, especially from, like you said, the VHS uh, era. Uh, are you calling those right? How, how do you work with rights holders? Maybe I should make the question a bit more open-ended. How does that work for you? Because majority of the time I'm assuming the filmmaker owns the rights. Is it that simple? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of the lower budget stuff, it's just uh, the director who owns it. A couple times it's been like a producer or like a company who own the rights. And for a lot of that, I'll just either try and find their phone number. If they're not on Facebook, I'll try and like Google and do some like white pages, like <laughs> detective work to find them or track them down. Or I'll start asking around. Maybe I'll find like an actor who is in one of the movies and then go from there. But uh yeah, it's, there's only been a handful of things where I haven't been able to find the right person yet, but I'm still like searching. It's on there. A lot yeah. of the times there's not even any like mentions of the movies really online too. So that makes it difficult. Or like the director will have a very like simple name. So it'll be really <laughs> hard to like pinpoint. I won't know where the movie was shot. John Smith. And I won't know like, I won't be able to find like where he lives now. Like, so... I do run into some difficulties tracking down people who own the rights, but, but it's been time... fun. That's one of my favorite things about it. Like that and shooting the special features, um, just getting to, you know, I like the detective aspect of it to try and like track these movies down. And then I like hearing about them, their stories, making the movies. Oh yeah. Are, are you, uh, are you finding that they're generally warm to the idea of going out on Blu-ray or getting this kind of new scan, preserving their movies, all that? Oh, 99% of them have just been like blown away that anyone still cares. That's uh -huh. the best. Also, I, I even less like the director is normally like blown away and really happy, but I like talking to like the other people that were involved in the movie that they get really excited, like doing interviews about it because normally it was like over 30 years ago and they've like completely like forgot about it and not thought about it since. So it's like fun to just see them start remembering uh the great times they had making these movies so it's cool and i like uh seeing their reaction um to getting the release too like i just sent the corn shucker director the release and he was like so excited and like impressed because he's not like a blu-ray collector or anything he was just impressed with like the quality of it and that's another reason i love vinegar syndrome i know like every single director of all the yeah. stuff we license is going to be like super just impressed holding it and like seeing the high quality and the sales numbers, right? Because they're selling mm -hmm. a thousand of them or whatever. Like Corn Shucker sold out in days. Oh, yeah. Corn, like it was still, well, yeah, I or think at it, least just, the slip it was on. Yeah, it was on pre-order still. I know that it sold out before that sale that they did, um, Amazing. which I thought like I had no clue that it would sell out that quickly. I thought for sure, like it would be still available now and maybe be like low now. But like, yeah, it sold out weeks and weeks ago, which is great. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, when is the second release coming out for you? Uh, October 1st. Wait, 
Oh, sorry. We just hit September. I was like, I think it's just, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, next. Okay, cool. Can you talk at all about what it is? Or are you trying to keep it on the down low? They like want us to not say like anything about any releases. Like oh. I can say like, I probably just can't say the title because even if I like said the title, it's so obscure that like, no people would be like, what the fuck is that even like, but uh-huh. it's like, it's a nineties vampire movie and it was shot on film actually. And it, but it was edited on VHS and we did tons of new special features for it. There's like five hours of extras. And I know, I think there might be like less than 10 reviews online anywhere. And it's a lot of people that I know, like friends that I've shown it to, but everyone I've shown it to loves it. So I'm excited for uh, people to see this one. It's oh, man, really I good. Wait. I can't wait. That's great. And they, uh, I think, because Vinegar Syndrome specifically in October, they do something like usually a week before where it's like a, a black, you know, pre, like a, almost like a preview of Black Friday sales and you can kind of get in early and buy stuff early, but that does not include partner labels, right? So yeah, we have to wait until October 1st. Mm-hmm. Yeah, October okay. 1st. That's fine. I can't wait. Um, it's it's really fun for me to see because I, I just am a bit of a stats person and kind of a numbers person, my the way my brain works. So just for fun, I'll scroll through and see like how these titles are selling out from the partner labels. I love it, man. It, it, it makes me so happy to see uh, it just because it's like, you know, you're, you're, you put this out there and you're like, I don't know, you have no idea, right? It's like, okay, here we go. And then I don't know, they're selling 2000 copies in like a month. <laughs> yeah, I think like specifically with Corn Shucker was cool because there was no information about it at all online, no clips, no like pictures or anything. So it was like everyone wanted like a trailer or something. And I think a lot of people just got like sucked into having to see what it is, uh-huh. especially based on like me talking about how much I love it. And like Justin also loved it. So we were both able to like, you know, tell everyone that they need to like pick it up. So it was fun. I like that aspect too. There's a bunch more coming down the line where people are probably going to like never have heard of the movie and be like dying to see like a clip of it or whatever. So I love that. The the way that I, I wouldn't say the acting is strong in that movie, but the way that he says, I know I'm oh, going to, that's going to be in my head forever. I met a friend of mine watched it and I like, he said he was watching. I just texted him like, I know. And like, that you can just say that anyone who's seen it knows that's just such a good like I don't know that was his brother his yeah. brother played that role and he was there but he didn't want to do an interview but he was a super nice guy while we were interviewing the director I oh. I should have tried to like beg him to do the I know on camera oh, he, oh he was like he was like next to the camera but he didn't want to go on right yeah ah, that'd be good. I know um, anyways, I, I mean, whatever. It's just, it's just cool. Like, anyways, I, I don't want to go geek out too hard on it. I just, it, for anybody listening who hasn't seen it, check it out. It's, it's worth it. Would you ever stream these movies after the physical copies sell out? Um, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, different. I guess it just depends. I think like lunch. Well, I don't know what I can like say exactly. There might be like, um, like a limited like VHS corn shucker maybe oh, cool. down the line and like some film festivals that want to do screenings of that one. Um, but down the line, once we have more titles out, then I might work out like a deal with like a streaming thing to get the movies on there because I think corn shucker is getting low maybe on standard like copies too. So yeah. I want people to be able to see it 
once it's completely sold out so there's only 300 i think or so just above 300 or something i like never that. i never quite i don't know exactly how many of the standard they're doing i just like left it up to them to decide oh, okay. because they know what will sell and like i know sometimes they'll get to like zero and they'll like add more for other titles so oh, i don't okay. know if that if it gets to zero and then it's just sold out then it's sold out but they might who knows maybe they'll add more i don't know we'll see though um Okay, well, well, good luck, and I hope that's wildly successful. And I hope it's fun too. I, I was talking to the Agfa guys. I don't know if Vinegar Syndrome does all the work with them, but I know that a lot of different boutique labels use the Agfa guys for kind of run the theatrical stuff because um, mm-hmm. it's just like such a sweet spot for them. Um, and so, anyways, if uh, if if you do start getting into theaters, I, I hope that it just seems like that's a really exciting way to get the movie seen too, because that live experience is so unique, you know, especially for something like corn checker and what sure whatever you have coming next. Oh, the screening that's booked for corn checker is going to be insane. Like the guys, I can't, I think they're going to announce it very soon. So I can't go too much into detail, but yeah, it's a lineup that's going to like blow people's minds of like, I think it's nine movies that will just melt people's minds. So that'll oh, be it. Wow. And I think it's the first time it's ever screened anywhere in public too. So that'll be a cool uh, experience. This is okay. I don't want to go too far down on this because this is a huge tangent, but at a very high level, I'd be curious to hear your opinion. One of the things I'm getting as I just get deeper into this world that I'm really impressed with is, you know, like people talk about physical media dying and I, and I get why they're saying that. Like you can't go into a gas station and pick up new DVDs anymore. Like I get it. Like it's different, but at the same time, it feels like first time on any disc is happening more now than I, I feel like it's ever happened before. Mm-hmm. You know? Like stuff yeah. is skipping DVDs even sometimes. Yeah. I think of our next like 15 things that we're releasing only like one has been on disc ever. So, and some of it has never been on like home video at all so like it's crazy yeah. that's never going to stop like there's an endless amount of movies that never made it to dvd um or just never even made it to vhs even um so which i love that's the kind of stuff. if people can like dig those movies up anytime like somebody will mention first time on disc or like first time ever released like i'm buying it no matter what it is because it's always interesting to see those projects uh like I loved uh, New York Ninja, the one yeah. that I'm like, that was amazing. I didn't have to know anything else about it other than the fact that it was like basically a movie that was never released or fully finished and that they were finishing it and releasing it. Also, the basement, the basement like set that came out years ago. I don't know if you got that. Um, yeah, I think yeah, Camp yeah, Motion yeah. Pictures put it out. That was another movie that blew me away that was never released. I, I love it. I, yeah, it's, it's like a fascinating part of cinema. Um, mm-hmm. it, I'm curious, I, I made a comment earlier, but I guess there's more of a question to you in there as far as curation goes. How many movies are you watching that you don't really enjoy to, to get to one that you enjoy enough to, to really want to license and put out? What's that oh, ratio? A, oh, a ton. <laughs> like, so much garbage. Well, like, I, I don't want to say complete garbage because I always... I collect VHS and I have an appreciation for like the stuff that's super, super obscure that maybe only 20 copies got out there or that they made it in their backyard. And like, 
they at least finished a movie and put it out. Like, I love that. So even if the movie's bad, I still appreciate it. But yeah, I watch a ton of really bad movies before I pick the ones that I like and want to release. Do you, have you ever... Though, okay, go ahead, please. I was going to say, though, sometimes like a, we have stuff planned where it's like, I'll be re- releasing like everything that a person made. And I might not love everything, but it's like interesting to see, you know, I'm saying so like somebody made like three movies and like I really love one of them, but it's like cool to see where he started from. So and also cool to hear his story. So there's always that case. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there's something that's very interesting about like uh, what's a good example? Um, uh, H.G. Lewis set that Arrow put out a while back. Like mm-hmm. every, every one of those titles is not good, or mm-hmm. like, but like yeah. going through that whole set and seeing, I think there was fourteen in there. Like going through that whole set and seeing them, you get this like more complete picture of H.G. Lewis, and then hearing the interviews and like you get more of an understanding of who this guy was, and there's like a deeper appreciation for you know the Gorgor Girls or something. That's like mm-hmm. the good the good ones, right? Yeah. And if you have the ability to put out everything, why not? You might as well just do a complete or as complete box set as possible. So I love well, spe- that kind of thing. Especially in this environment when people will buy boxes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like, just because I don't like it doesn't mean a billion other people, like I've hated stuff that has been universally praised. So there will always be fans of, you know, stuff I don't like. So I'm not going to be, completely dismissive of like releasing stuff and i have friends like if there's other people who i do stuff with if they really like something maybe we'll work something out like and release it anyway like nice you know speaking of things that people love one of the things that i found most interesting about adjust your tracking is unanimously the answer to the most interesting vhs company was wizard mm. I think there was like a formula, like like best art plus, I forget, there was like a formula that you use. Like what's the most interesting with this combination of factors coming in? And it was unanimously wizard. Um, and again, if only if you're able to talk about it, but would you ever consider releasing any of those titles? Because it seems like you have them, but like it's very, very hard to find. Well, the funny thing about that is like pretty much after we made the movie, like wizard became one of the like least liked companies because Charles Band, who owned the company, he uh-huh. um, did he lied and acted like he found a bunch in a warehouse, but he was really printing up new like copies of it. Oh. Um, so he basically flooded the market with garbage re-releases of stuff that he doesn't even own the rights to, like Zombie. I don't even know how he legally was able to do this, like interesting and people were doing like detective work to prove that these were like newly made boxes and not the original and he only said that he found the boxes too he didn't say he found the tapes the tapes were always new which so how is he even legally able to do that with like i spit on your grave and zombie and stuff i don't know it was a whole big thing but now like that made the prices of those tapes like plummet and I i still have i still love them the artwork's amazing and they did a ton of good movies. I feel like a lot of those have been covered though, because he realized Charles band, I mean, realized the hype of VHS. So I think he's like overdone it. Like full moon has even the cool, like more obscure stuff that they did like zombie thon. I think that got like 
a DVD and some of the other stuff has all gotten like DVDs. So probably not them. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize he was behind that. Um, He's a prolific guy. If nothing else, he's a businessman for sure. Oh yeah. He's good. He's good at marketing and making money. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Wow. Well, that's great. Um, So uh, you and Tim are majority running VHS hit face today, right? Well, no, uh, Tim, he like, isn't really into VHS. I'm still like friends with him. We started it writing reviews and stuff, but once we started making adjuster tracking, um, me and our friend, I call him Dabby do, but uh-huh. uh, that's his nickname, but his real name is Levi. He, uh, me and him, he, he started as like the tech guy. Cause me and Tim were both like, we didn't know anything about tech at all. Like just running, doing videos or filming or anything. Uh-huh. So we started as that. And then we moved into making adjuster tracking together because he was a film major and I was a journalism major. So he was able to get all the film equipment in college and uh-huh. everything. Uh-huh. And so we're the ones running it. He still does all the tech stuff. Like I just sit in a chair behind him. I'm like, that clip's good. That clip's good. Uh-huh. And then like I leave and he spends however many hours like putting it all together like the special features and everything you're talking about levi now yeah levi got mm-hmm. you got you oh, okay okay so it's y'all's it's y'all's company now okay got yeah you. um and do you see uh it sounds like it's a really symbiotic good relationship with vinegar syndrome uh however just given the fact that y'all predate them in a sense as well and you've been your own thing for so long like as this continues to grow is there anything else that you want to do in this world outside of just releasing Blu-rays? <laughs> oh yeah, def. I mean, I've done things here and there that I would like to do more of. Like I did a zine uh, called Tape Mold for a while. Yeah. And I had articles like still written. Um, I, th- there's some ideas like for books and different things. And I still want to keep doing like limited VHS releases of different titles. But right now I'm kind of, I guess, focused on the Blu-ray. Maybe like an adjuster tracking vinyl uh, down the line or something would be cool. Just branching off into different things that we weren't able to do back in the day or always wanted to do. But I'm going to just kind of focus on getting all the special features and everything for the Blu-rays for a while before I, you know, start working on anything else. But down the line, definitely. I can't remember where I read this, but I read somewhere that you were thinking about doing a VHS, uh, basically like a, a like a coffee table book of VHS scans. Okay. Yeah. I wonder where I said that. Yeah, I was thinking, I, but came please up do with, that. Yeah. I, there's been other books, but I wanted to, I wanted it to be like scans. It's the other books are cool and like good, but I wanted to do one that was like, had the stories that went along with it. Cause I am friends with like a lot of different collectors and I wanted to ask some people who have crazy collections to maybe pick out like five that have a story to go with them or a meaningful or just insane like no one else owns this type of things yeah to do a book of just the most ridiculous like tapes from around the world and with the stories to go along with it maybe like they worked on the movie or they made it in their backyard back in the day or they had a crazy story about finding it or it just was an amazing movie that no one's heard of so I would like to do that for sure. Oh, that'd be I great. 
sit down and really hardcore work on it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, people that were working on the movie, getting excited about talking about them. One of the, I found one video I found of you was like the 10 rarest VHS of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that video, but yeah. one, one of the comments was, and, and I'm sorry, I forgot the number one, but one of the comments was, I can't believe you're talking about this movie. I did sound on that movie. And I was like, it was oh, funny. To- that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no way. That's, good. that's a cool for that's that person name. that must have been a big surprise to like see it you know oh yeah that's i need to go check that out that's hilarious yeah um okay well so uh just at, strictly out of curiosity if you were to you know i'd love to hear your take on uh if there's somebody who's skeptical about uh, like, like I spent early time early on, you know, praising this journey that I came from. I, I kind of jokingly say I'm recovering elitist. I just happened to be where I started in film. Uh, but this journey was for me, it, it, it was sparked by an intense curiosity to just discover a new film. Right. And that you can't help but end up in regional filmmaking. I think like it's just a natural path to get there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but how do you talk about it? If someone's like, why do you do this? You know what? Like, how are you in this world? Why, why do you like these movies? Like, how do you talk about that well i think i mentioned before i feel like if you love cinema and just like film in general it's crazy to not like vhs or not you know want to die maybe not necessarily collect them but at least like explore them a little bit because there's so much that is stuck on vhs that will never just no matter how many partner labels come around there will always be you know weird movies that will never make it to blu-ray never make it to dvd or just tv shows workout tapes weird like special interest stuff so i feel like that should be obvious for anyone who's obsessed with movies that vhs is cool and you should dive deep into that but i guess to sell them on the company and us releasing it um i mean if you want to see, if you want us to do the work for you, basically, uh, and you don't have to watch a bunch of garbage, we'll pull up all the gems from that, as many as we can, and give them uh, the shine that they deserve, I guess. And I feel like even if you don't like the movie, you'll probably at least appreciate the special features and what went into making the movie, because those low budget, I mean, not saying these are way more low budget than trauma, but all the documentaries that Lloyd Kaufman's done and all the books he's written about making low budget movies are always interesting, sometimes more interesting than the actual movies. So imagine that, but with like $5,000 and they made like a full length movie and got it put out on VHS. I feel like that's an interesting thing to dive deep into. And that's what we're trying to do with a lot of these making of documentaries and interviews on there. So I feel like, maybe just you got to just dive in and check it out. I feel like it's not going to be for everyone, but there'll be a lot of people who are into this kind of stuff. So that's what the, the personalities behind these movies is some of the most interesting things for me. Oh, um, there's, there's some coming up that are going to blow people away. Like I want to make an actual full length documentary about this guy who made a movie. I think it's our like fifth release that we're doing. Like, his life is so, so insane. <laughs> we filmed him for like two hours and like 
we could have been there for like two weeks. <laughs> he like mentioned something. I guess I can mention this because no one will have any clue. We were doing like a house tour. His house was insane, by the way. It was filled with stuff. And he was like, oh, do you want to see the uh, Elvis stuff? And I was like, Elvis stuff? I thought it was just like a collection of Elvis stuff. I'm like, we could skip that. He's like, this is where I like trained with Elvis and like sparred with him. Like he had like hung out with Elvis a ton, like got invited to his last show. Like just that one story alone could have been like a full documentary. Everything he told about Elvis and like meeting him and hanging out with him. Uh, But he had like hundreds of those, like each part. He had so much stuff framed on his wall. He just went from like framed picture to framed picture telling like the best stories. I, I like so maybe if the release does good we'll go back and do like just a straight up full length documentary like focusing on this guy but on the blu-ray there'll be a really good uh documentary about him he's like the ultimate like character he's so insane i love that what you said is exactly what i tell people when they say like why do i buy because i because i basically what i've done is I, i set a budget and then i the partner labels are kind of pushing into that budget. So I'm almost having to set some, some limits, but for now I can still get every partner label when it comes out and uh, I will see how long that can go. (laughs) But (laughs) for now I still can. And the thing that I always tell people if they ask online or my wife who thinks I'm crazy or whatever, is it's like, you know, when I was first learning about movies, people would invite me over and like, we'd watch this movie together that they found or whatever. Right. And it's like, yeah. it was this exciting kind of group experience. And like, and, and that's what I feel like the, the partner labels have become. And I think one of the reasons I was so excited about corn shucker and now so excited about y'all, because it's like, you're doing all this curatorial work in the, in the background and then kind of like inviting us to come check out this crazy thing you saw. Right. Uh huh. That's definitely like, one of the main goals i feel like especially with the next movie it's the perfect like bring some friends over and show them like something amazing and crazy it's the perfect like get a bunch of pizzas and i don't drink but get some like beers or whatever and just have fun with it i s- still do movie nights with my friends every saturday we'll watch like six movies all day That's and awesome. i love that he'll bring stuff over that i haven't seen and i'll like show him stuff he hasn't seen and I agree. That's what I love about the partner labels. There's so much move, like so many movies out there that like, it's great to have companies that are kind of, you know, being able to like, tell you, this is what you need to see. Like, this is a good one and just driving you in the right direction. Totally. And I think one month, three or four months back, there was a film from the Philippines. There's a film from Taiwan. There's a film from Europe. There's a film from Canada, a bunch of films from the U.S. It was like, it's amazing. Like, anyways, I, I'm a. Oh, I love that, too. I was just saying that they need like a Mexican uh, like partner label. I was telling one of my friends who's like big into Spanish movies. I love the Canadian label that they do. They have mm-hmm. like Asian like different labels yeah. and even like other companies like Mondo. And um, yeah. that, like, I love world cinema. I need more like Bollywood uh, stuff. I'm big into Bollywood right now. I would love for some companies to do more of that. Well, there's a company, uh, not to promote other labels here, but there's a company called Mawu Films. You may want to check out. They're oh, okay. I'll check M-A-W-U. Out. They, I don't think they've had their first release yet, but they're focusing on African and Latin American cinema. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So that's cool. I know yeah. I was telling Lewis, like he needs to release more uh, like Bollywood. And more Mahaka. Yeah, I know. So good. I was so happy to see that in 
like decent quality and oh, such a good movie. And what was the other one he did? The real crazy, uh, the first first release he did with the pumpkin head on it. Um, Pack a lantern. Pack a lantern. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a good yeah. one. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, so uh, th- this has been exactly what I hoped it would be. Thank you. It's, it's really cool to hear you talk about it. Um, uh, you know that any, anything else that I didn't talk about that you want people to know about you, obviously, please keep buying VHS Hit Fest. Um, you know, what, what do you want people to know about you? Where can they find you? Where do you usually hang out online? Like all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, yeah, like you said, just keep buying the stuff that we're doing. Cause I feel like we have a lot of really good stuff down the line. There's going to be two more releases this year. And then I'm not a hundred percent sure how much next year, but there'll definitely be more cool things. Um, and it's VHS hit fest on pretty much every single thing twitter instagram i'd say instagram is probably where i'm at the most or facebook dan ken i'm on there you can add me and i'll post everything it does a bunch of updates and stuff there'll be more i know people have asked about like a adjust your tracking two or like sequel type stuff which i don't think we're going to do maybe and never say never but there'll be more stuff relating to adjust your tracking coming because next year is the 10th anniversary so we want to do some cool stuff maybe some updates with different collectors that were in the movie and see where they're at 10 years later if talk they about, still collect talk uh, about personalities there's some big oh, personalities that- yeah there's some there's there's some people that i haven't talked to in a long time that we interviewed for that that i want to check in on because i don't know have any clue what's going on in their lives but they were definitely interesting so yeah that's awesome well, well thank you for doing what you do thank you for doing all the the, the work behind the scenes uh to get the, the these amazing releases out um i'm definitely going to keep buying and and i encourage everyone else to to give you a shot if, if they're debating uh because i i'll just say it one more time i was excited to see corn shucker because i'm just kind of getting into this world of regional filmmaking a shot on video but like if somebody had told me this was a lynch film or from the factory from warhol's like factory, like I would have kind of, I would have believed it. Like it's there, there's, there's a, a substance to this. that's kind of hard to pin down, but I was really drawn in by it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That movie, I think I've seen it over 10 times now and it always, it sticks with me. <laughs> it's definitely, I knew it was a good, I, I knew that needed to be our first release too, because it was something super, super unique. I feel like it was a movie that no one's really heard of, but I knew that there'd be a lot of a certain type of person that would be really into it. So I was happy to make that the first one and it's been getting some good reviews and stuff. I know the director likes to see all the uh, positive reviews. He was sharing some on his Facebook. So keep those coming in and there's still standard editions left of that. So you can go pick one up and see uh, what it's all about. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Love to have you back in a year or so after you got some more releases under your belt. Um, But thank you so much for the time today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, of course.